This is Queen Victoria. Welcome to Murder Lab, the podcast where we dissect serial killers and analyze what we find. With me today is Igor. Hola. My socially distant assistant that I guess is not really as socially distant anymore, <clears> but uh, now you're just my, my crime keeper. Yeah. So, yeah. Today we are going to do like a casual episode where I've been watching Unsolved Mysteries a lot, the old one, and then I started watching the new one. So we just want to take a few minutes today and just kind of talk about Unsolved Mysteries and how we feel about them and blah, blah, blah. We'll go through that. Crime Con we have coming up. How, how long is it? Yes. Just like... like- I don't know, seven weeks, something like that. It's crazy. The mm-hmm. end of April, we will be going to CrimeCon in Las Vegas. Who, who did, do you know who some of the uh, people who are going to be there are? Um, I thought I sent you the recent ones, but I maybe have well, to I just maybe you know the top of your head. Paul so Holes is going to be there. Like Southern Fried Crime. I haven't seen True Crime Garage. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't recall hearing them talk about it. So they may not be there. Oh. Hmm. Um, which kind of surprises me. I'll have to look into it, but yeah, they, um, we can always go to the CrimeCom website and they'll have all the info, but that's the newest one I noticed was okay. they announced more. Oh, and I, I forgot. I'm glad you reminded me. John Ramsey is going to be there. What? John Benet's father. And he's going to be there with an author of his book. So that'd be very oh, interesting because wow. if you remember last year, there was a big panel or his name brought got brought up in one of the lectures or whatever we went to mm-hmm. with that forensic psychiatrist or that wrote the book on lying and telling, oh, if, yeah. you know, how people are. And he said that he thinks that John Ramsey did do it. Hmm. So that's the very interesting. And oh, I even yeah. saw some of the comments from CrimeCon people saying that ought to be really uh-huh. interesting. So, yeah, so I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah. It will definitely be keeping you updated on who's going to be there and all that good stuff. I'll go ahead and get started with the old school Unsolved Mysteries. Now, I don't remember really watching it much when it was active. I feel like I probably saw an episode or two, but I don't remember seeing it a lot. I basically just knew of it and kind of knew the um, the basic idea and, you know, Robert Stack and, you know, had having different things on it. We have Pluto TV on our Roku And we noticed that Pluto TV has Unsolved Mysteries channel. And granted, it has commercials, which is a little annoying, but it's been kind of nice to go through and watch different episodes. They do have a few on Netflix, I think, or Hulu. I don't remember. Um, It's both. Um, They they do have have it on Hulu, but I've been watching it on Tubi. Yes, that's but the, they uh, do have them on Hulu and of course Netflix. I know it has the new ones. I don't know about the other ones because when I found it on Tubi, I was like, "That's that's good for me." Yeah, because the thing is, like, what's on Hulu is there's hardly anything. It's like oh, really thing, like okay. yeah, there's like season one and there's like five episodes and like season oh, fourteen. See, and there's Tubi like five has episodes. everything. It's awesome. Okay, so I, yeah, I just discovered that today. Basically, I started to watch it on Hulu and then I watched all those and I'm and then I discovered the Pluto thing. So I've been watching that. Then, of course, I was talking to Igor here and was like, hey, you know, when she heard that I hadn't watched any of the new Unsolved Mysteries, she was like, what the fuck? I think she literally I, think I made you watch one. We, I yeah, think you, you literally here. told me that you were going to make me leave your house unless we watched one right then. I, and we did. It was a Ray <laughs> Rivera one, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then um, she introduced me to it, and then I went through and watched a bunch, or watched them, pretty much all of them. So yeah, so then I was just thinking it would be interesting to talk talk about them. The main things that I'm going to 
want to refer to real fast and then we'll let Igor jump in with um, whatever she wants to say. I really, what I found most fascinating is that the, when they mentioned serial killers, so there's one where uh, they're talking about the Green River Killer. Hmm. And, and it's interesting because, you know, obviously we're like, what, 30, 40 years out from when Unsolved Mysteries aired. Yeah. So, and during that time period, I have trouble remembering like, oh, did they know at this point who it was? And, you know, like what, how far in advance or how far much later did they figure it out? So it was interesting that at this point they didn't know who the Green River Killer was. They had um, yeah. a dude named William J. Stevens as a suspect. His brother, Bob, was interviewed and was like, I'm pretty sure it's my brother. They went on to say that this um, suspect had fully equipped police car and ambulance, pics of sex workers, guns, tons of badges, a secret room in his basement. And his brother, seeing the thing is, is his brother provided an alibi for where he was during some of the murders. But then later he, be he believes that he's incorrect because he was hmm. going off. His parents were saying William was traveling with us. And so he was like, okay, well, if my parents say that he was there, but then later they were like, well, but he wasn't really around. So then he's mm. like, shit, did I provide an alibi? And then it, you know, maybe he wasn't really with them when I thought the suspect dies of cancer in 1991. And he's like, I still think that it's possible that it could have been him. And I was waiting to see if they had an update and they actually did at the end, they had an update that mm -hmm. Bridgeway was caught. Oh, so that was kind of an issue. And I don't know how much, because I, I figure they must do a thing where then when they re-aired re them, they added on right. the update, you know, when they had another airing and stuff. So mm -hmm. so that was really interesting to see someone else as a suspect and see, you know, and it, it gives you that sense of how many people did they suspect and, you know, Look just at, what yeah. they were dealing with and and how this person does sound really, really, <laughs> really compelling. As really viable. Right. And then yeah. wasn't. Yeah. There's an episode about, they mentioned the Boston Strangler, and it's at the point when they had captured DeSalvo, but then it was the theory that maybe there was more than one Boston Strangler. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's even the woman who wrote the book, The Boston Stranglers. Mm -hmm. I believe she was interviewed and she goes through her theory of, you know, since there, these were different types of killings and, or, you know, they had some different trademarks and maybe there's more than one. So that was also interesting. I don't really know much about the Golden State Killer. That's one that I need to look up it. Oh, look see. into more. But Paul yeah, Holes, our friend that's yes, going to be at CrimeCon, he helped solve that. So. Yeah, I was going to mention that because I remember mm -hmm. that he's your boyfriend. And uh -huh. uh, so it was called, the section is actually, it starts about the East Side Rapist and right. how, you know, he would break in and put, if um, if there's a male in the house, he would put dishes on the mail. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I, I know I had heard that before, but it's still just like, and he's like, if you move, I'll hear the dishes. And then I'll kill everybody. So, you know, so there were some very specific things that this rapist did. And it turns out later, then there's some killings happening. He was also known. So he was known as the East Side Rapist. Of course, they don't know who he was at mm -hmm. this point. Right. And then it was like 40 years later that Paul Holes. Yep. He, you know, they found some DNA and blood samples and things like that. And then they were able to find Joseph James D'Angelo and tie, well, they tied all these things together. So that's what the, his analysis did is they were like, oh wait, this East Right rapist is actually also the Golden State Killer. So they're able to like tie this, all these murders together. And it was like something crazy, like 50 rapes and 10 murders and yes. over this you know span of time. So then it led to them finding James D'Angelo. 
And he was also known as the original Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. So he had all kinds of. Uh, they, he had like three different mm-hmm. names, and they because he traveled them together. Different. Right, and they um, they had a theory, a working theory in the beginning that he had been law enforcement. They didn't think he continued, but they knew from his from the evidence it seemed like he had knowledge mm. of you know of that. So. Yeah. Just really interesting how that all comes together. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to, that's one that I do want to read more about and, and get more details because it's it's just crazy. Michelle McNamara's the... book, Patton Oswalt's Wife. Yes, yeah, I will definitely, I'm trying to think, I'm, I think I might even have that book and I just haven't, I have so many books I haven't read you yet. You do. And then the last one, I mean, there are others I'm sure that have been mentioned, but ones that I took note of mm-hmm. is it's it's funny because they mentioned her case and her name was Cindy Song. And on some of these, you're just like, I wonder if they ever found anything. So you can go to unsolved.com yep. and they're really good about keeping up mm-hmm. with updates. So when I looked at her update, it happened to mention that they thought she could have been a victim of a serial killer named Hugo Selinsky. And I'm not as familiar with him. So that's another no. one I'm going to have to look into. And they found, he said that he had killed, that his accomplice had killed her. And then they dig up his yard and there's like five bodies, but none are identified as hers. But one is identified wow. as the ki- as the guy he says is his accomplice is one of the bodies. But he's, he still insists, oh, um, he told me that he killed her. Well, it's easy to, know. you know how they like to back out, back oh, off. Sure. Their, yeah, especially when they're, uh, someone is dead, they can easily, oh, you know, yeah. come in and, yeah. Definitely. They never have found her body, so they, they can't definitely tie her to him. But I found mm-hmm. that really interesting that it, that she might have been wow. involved with a serial killer mm-hmm. thing. So those are the main things that I wanted to bring out that it's really interesting to watch and see the things that they mention, what they know about them at the time. I'm trying to remember. There's one specific. Oh, um, the boys on the tracks that Igor yes. had done a thorough job covering they had covered them on unsolved mysteries but mm-hmm. they didn't get since they have that's one thing with that format is they have what five minutes to cover so, you right. know such a little limited time right and at that point again since we're fucking decades later i don't know how much they knew at that point mm-hmm. so it was interesting to see what they did bring up and what they didn't bring up and but just to see it on there is is compelling and i do mm-hmm. again i do like that they started the website which is, it's funny to see just unsolved.com and not unsolvedmysteries.com, not have like mm-hmm. a big long to just have a one word. So they must've like jumped on it as soon as the internet was like invented. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, it was right before. Yeah, yeah. And what I've noticed too, whenever I've seen or gone to unsolved is there's a lot of Reddit unsolved. You can go mm. down that and I've really avoided it. I've gone on a few uh. times that Reddit unsolved mysteries threads mm. can be just like, <laughs> QAnon territory, I swear. Uh, it's like, but I've always noticed that. But yeah, they do. They did a really great job of keeping updated. But it's really sad mm. that so many are still unsolved. Yeah, that's one of the things that I will say has been kind of depressing about watching it so many mm-hmm. years later is that some cases they may not say update because they didn't have an update when it aired. Mm-hmm. And then you look and you're, oh, maybe they did they did solve that. But then you see some that are just like heartbreaking and you're like, oh, please tell me they found something. And then you look it up and it's like still unsolved. Mm-hmm. And they do give any kind of updates that they have, but there's a couple cases where I specifically was really hoping, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I care in all yeah. the cases, but there's some that you just find is specifically compelling and you look it up and you're like, God damn it. They, they never figured really out. Really heartbreaking. Who, yeah. yeah. Um, I know I've, I've gone down a few rabbit holes on that and it's, it's just like, 
okay, so now his whole family's dead and they never knew and no mm-hmm. one knows what happened to it's mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I, I completely get what you're saying, which I'm glad that they do balance it with the like the reunions where mm-hmm. they don't know, you know, like a family yeah. members or so it may start off like I watched one the other day where she's her uh, woman's it's like a woman's daughter was taken, her baby was taken and she never was able to figure out who it was. And then because um, like 30 years later, the girl found out like she went to get a job and she found out her birth certificate was a fake. Mm-hmm. So she went to the woman who had raised her as her mom, you know, and was like, hey, what's the fuck's going on? And it turns mm-hmm. out she had abducted her. Yeah. So that, that then they were able to trace her back to her birth mother and they were able to reunite it. And it mm-hmm. sucks because it's 30 fucking years. Yeah. And I can't imagine what both of them went through. But it is nice to hear that they actually were reunited. And and that is mm-hmm. one thing that I like is that it still shows that decades later, it doesn't fix the problem, but it does help. You know, it is nice to know that eventually you get the truth and eventually you get reunited. And, and you see these families where they're like, there's seven siblings and they all got yes. separated. And then when they meet, they're like, well, now I just have, I have 42 new family members, mm-hmm. you know? And they're like, I just, my family grew from like two people to 50. And I like how they balanced it between, and I know you don't really get into the wooey woo alien and, you know, ghost stuff, but that's what I like. Obviously I like the, well, I hate to say I like the true crime, but obviously I find it interesting. Mm-hmm. I, but I like the fact that they always had some ghost stories in there and they always had some UFO stuff. As a matter of fact, as I was watching it um, this week, I kind of was, you know, just watching them as a whole. And then I started thinking, you know what, I want to know what the best ghost stories that they have on there, or maybe more the season. So I went kind of went through, I found some of those and uh, I've watched one today with Resurrection Mary and actually they supposedly will not unsolve mysteries, but the, the actual old dude that first reported the resurrection Mary from the thirties, like the late thirties that he says he danced with her and dropped her off and then went back to the home. The whole, what you think is the lore mythology, supposedly they have from the seventies or maybe he was in his seventies. Anyway, they interviewed him and he was sent and he was telling the story. So whether he's full of it or whether that has some that you know some that lore has some rooting in truth, hmm. but because I you know you hear the resurrection Mary to the point where I was like oh, I don't want to watch it. So, hmm. but I was like you know what it's always good to get a different take. Plus unsolved mysteries, hello, yeah, you know. And I another thing that I kind of came to a realization, I guess I knew but didn't really think about until now is what a genre it set up because not only did they come out well like in search of was first then unsolved mysteries and you probably don't remember in search of no, with, with leonard nimoy oh, that's the okay. original yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. first it was that then it was unsolved then we've got all these we've got all these other shows like a haunting the haunted mm. all that stuff mm. and what's funny to me or ironic, I should say, is that you would think that, and sometimes the production is better, but I was, <laughs> I was watching some of these and of course they have the big nineties classes or whatever, mm. but, and their hairdos, it was cracking me up. This one FBI dude looked like he was trying to be a 19 year old um, goth kid or something. It was just cracking me up. But besides from the fashion or lack thereof, they had their production quality 
they had these horrible wigs sometimes they mm, made these people wear mm-hmm. the bad mustaches that still stands with some of a haunting and just and it's almost makes me feel good about that <laughs> because it does have the roots and something and it's like ridiculous but yet mm. you're like oh this but I kind of love that you're like this is so <laughs> this is borderline campy I have to watch this all the time now and that started for me with unsolved mysteries yeah I th- I will say though one thing that I really do like about unsolved mysteries is that they have that mixture and I do mm-hmm. like that I like that they throw in aliens I like that they throw in ghosts mm-hmm. and the thing is even if you don't find something particularly inter- interesting wait five mm-hmm. minutes and run to something else or wait the next step. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, but I like that. I like that they have, cause I do like hearing ghost stories and it's interesting to, to you know, to, it's always interesting just to hear what people have to say about it. Right. So I do, I do find that interesting. I did like how they had all that mixture of things. And that is something that I really do miss in the new unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. is I miss having that mixture Mm-hmm. And it is nice because they have more time to really jump into a category, you know, go into one specific thing. But it's, I do miss just having that different palette cleanser of having all these different things and being able to learn about different things instead of just one thing is to have that variety. But I do respect deeply the fact that they didn't try to replace Robert Stack that they didn't have a narrator, that they let the people talk. I wasn't sure how I'd like that, but I do I do respect that. I think it works better that they took that kind of filmmaking approach or documentary approach instead because nobody was going to live up to that. I mean, he's too iconic. Yeah, and I see what you're saying. There is a part of me, though, that kind of feels like they just turned it into any other docu- documentary you could watch on any channel. So I feel like it doesn't feel like Unsolved Mysteries. It just has the happens of a theme song, but it could be any documentary series that you would watch on anything. That's the only thing that I, I mean, I like it and I respect what they're doing, but I don't feel like, I think they could have called it something else. And like, you wouldn't know that it's Unsolved Mysteries other than it has in common that it's a See, and unsolved I, mystery. And I feel like because they started off with the music, I like the fact that they have the music and they do have that picture right at the end before they start the episode of Robert Stack, paying a little homage to him. See, and I don't know, it just has still that feeling for me. I understand what you mean because the first one I watched, the Ray Rivera one, I believe it was kind of like, well, this is different. I wasn't sure, but it just it just got me. It just, to me, it still has that feel of the Unsolved Mysteries still have that, oh, they've mm. still got that, they hook you. And, mm. and to me, it does feel, I get that it is different, but I think it was time for it to be a little different because mm. you just can't make that hokiness. It has to evolve. Yeah. And my only argument against Robert, like trying to replace Robert Stack is if you've seen the new Creep Show, how do you compete with the Crypt Keeper? from the Tales from the Crypt series. Mm -hmm. Like you can't fucking compete with that. So they did their own version of it. And yeah, maybe it's not going to be quite the same, but the way that they animate him and the way that they do like the introduction, it's still good and it still becomes its own thing. And I think, I think the first season was the best. I don't like the other seasons quite as much, Mm -hmm. but they still are able to capture that whole vibe and stuff. So that's my argument where maybe they could have found a different way to have a Robert Stack character character and bring mm-hmm. it to a modernized. But I totally also get let's do let's do our own thing because the the other irony of me saying saying all this is that I am also of the opinion, my big nerdy opinion of 
the when they redid they started continuing the Star Wars series and the first movie they kept it pretty traditional then the second movie they were like breaking away from things Mm -hmm. and they're basically like we're going to focus on this new generation we're kind of doing our own thing but then the third one they brought it back to like you know where Mm -hmm. it was like oh it's the same old fucking thing it's the Mm -hmm. same fucking goddamn story Mm -hmm. we've seen the story why don't we have the story why don't we have new stories Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of of two minds where there's a part of me that feels like we're having a real big trouble with rebooting everything yeah, and keeping the same things and tweaking them a little bit, but basically keeping the same things, which is a whole fucking season of South Park with the member berries based on this whole idea, if Mm -hmm. you saw it. A member? (laughs) (laughs) uh, But I also understand that we're in the demographic where maybe the people my age are starting to create things. And so we're creating things that we remember from our childhood. So it's nostalgic for us. And it's, we like to do that kind of thing. But, I, you know, and it's, and I talked to my Dexter episode that there's a part of me that feels like if they bring and make another Dexter season and they have him be like in a hairy role where he comes back and he's dead and he's mm-hmm. just talking to Harrison, maybe there's a part of me that finds that appealing because I just like Dexter so much. Mm-hmm. But then there's also that part of me like, well, do we need to do that? Like, I'm the one always talking about, do we need to keep doing the same idea can we do something new? Mm-hmm. So I kind of have mixed feelings. I think if you handle it right, then it's not, it's, you know, just like creep show. I still feel like that was a, it was a nod to things, but they still brought it into the, this time period. And so I, I think, think that, there are ways that you can do it. And I think that unsolved mysteries did that. They, they have a nod to it, but they brought it in its, in its own more updated way. So yeah. I'm thumbs up. Do you, are you kind of on the fence or? Um, I, I'm, I like it. And I will tell you, there's a few times that it pisses me off, but that's me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, of course, Victoria got pissed off by it. I'll tell you one, one thing that is really interesting that we didn't really necessarily have before, that in original Unsolved Mysteries time, the internet wasn't a fucking thing. Right. For the most part. For or the, it was very, the first part, or it was very new. Very basic. As it went right. on. Right. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have people who could go online and search for shit. You'd have to go to the library and start looking through microfiche and shit like that. If you wanted and to they had dial up. And yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, it was very difficult to be an armchair detective. So you basically just had to listen to the story and just let it, you know, mystify you. And then maybe mm-hmm. brain, you know, try to brainstorm or whatever, but you couldn't really get more details. Now we're in a time period where Everyone's a fucking armchair to check. Mm-hmm. And so you can go online and you can find more information. I, you know, I play Hunt a Killer. I'm very fascinated with trying to solve shit. And the way my mind specifically works is now I used to start, I started playing Hunt a Killer with Todd and Brent. Mm-hmm. And then it uh, ballooned out to include a few of our other friends. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I like it the best when I can just do it by myself mm-hmm. because, and Part of it's the OCD thing, but I want to wring every little detail out of that game that I can. Mm-hmm. So I like to pour through every single thing and look at every single, and maybe, no, maybe this won't lead me to who the killer is, but isn't this part interesting? Will that lead me? Does that mean something? Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll learn something about the subject or, you know, right. you and take then plus, something from it. And plus, I think you're appreciating the, the effort that they put into making the game because they do put all those details in there. And so I like feeling like, oh, I noticed that they did that. And they even did a thing in a recent one where it's called Copper Cliffs, but the library is called Cooper Library. 
And I was like, is that a typo? So there's mm-hmm. a part of you that's like, well, it'd be really funny if it was a typo because it's a hundred killer game. So everything means something, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, it'd be funny if we're all reading into it. Like, oh, it says Cooper instead of copper and it's a typo. It wasn't a typo. That's actually called Cooper library. Mm-hmm. But I think, I wonder if they did that specifically for that. Right. Will that throw them off or, mm-hmm. you know, so I respect all of the work that goes into it, but I need to look at every single detail, see how everything lines up, have, I have fucking like timelines and charts and everything that's being said and read. I'm like just diving into and mm-hmm. trying to put pieces together. And literally mm-hmm. that's the goal of the game is to find out, you know, that's the objective. So my hunt a killer brain, when I'm watching unsolved mysteries, every once in a while it just gets really pissed off because I feel like they're not delving into the different options as much. So they'll present and they've got like 45 fucking minutes, you know, like make it a fucking hour if you need to. Yeah. It's just, and and that's been what I've read on the internet when I've been looking up things is of course, when people do articles and people look into the actual stories more, that's the first thing they say, okay, well, they mentioned this bit. Why didn't they go into it more? Or this bit wasn't even mentioned. And that really would, I think there was something I can't remember. I believe it was the Ray Revere case. They mentioned didn't go into. And then his wife in this article went on and explained all this. And obviously I don't remember it, but I was like, okay, that would have been really good to know. I read in this article and that's fine. But ultimately they just really have to pick out the limited things that are going to make it intriguing and get you to look into it more. It really depends on what their goal is and Mm -hmm. what you expect what you would like to get from it because Mm -hmm. for me it was like specifically in the Ray Rivera case is they mentioned like passingly they mentioned well what if he was set there what if somebody killed him then put him in that room and made it look like Mm -hmm. well I wanted to see fucking footage of them trying to bash a hole in the rooftop that would make that hole and and with you I wanted to see the blood thank you I was like okay so I saw in one of the pictures a little line of blood I was like can we get into that I'm the same way because it's like okay I want to know more about that but that's the forensic files mindset that I have, you know what I mean? So that's, and they, I'm completely with you. Yeah. And to me, it's like, if it's unsolved mysteries, if their goal is to try to encourage you to dig into it, then give us more information Mm -hmm. because I was like, I want to know more about his injuries because they just kind of said, Oh, Oh yeah. Well, because in the episode they said they wouldn't tell me any more about the injuries. But then Todd looks on his phone and he's like, Oh, here's a, here's the, his autopsy or like, here's a picture of the body here. Right. You know, and people went into fucking detail. And he's like, look, and I just did like a simple little search on my phone and people have already dug up all this shit. I get irritated when I get it's important to talk to the families and have the families talking. You need that in there. I feel like they do it too much. To me, I feel like you can have a better balance of it. But again, that is me. Other Mm -hmm. people who watch it may want to see the emotional reactions and see how the family felt and how it affected the family. So it sounds to me like you are taking a researcher's approach. You want to do the research. You want to have those, all the facts, which makes sense. I am of the thing where I'm out of research mode. I'm in gathering information, entertainment mode. Mm. So it's okay with me because I know I'm gonna go look it up and I'm, you know, I can do research from there. So Mm. I just think that seems to be because I totally get that because that's what I thought too. But then I just was like, oh, they saw, they showed me something shiny and Mm. I was hooked again. I was like, oh, okay. So what about the friend that's the billionaire and he worked for, you know what I mean? I was like, "Ah." right. And yeah. And that's, that's the, uh, that's the thing is, is it was like specific episodes, like the Ray Rivera one, I'm had Todd watch it. So I watched it with you and was totally engrossed. 
Mm-hmm. I watch it with Todd and Todd's a lot like me in the, although he's way worse than me. Well, maybe not worse, but where he, he latches onto things like that. So mm-hmm. like with the glasses, when they're like, oh, the glasses couldn't have broken or, you know, right. why weren't the glasses broken? Todd's like, well, yeah, they might not have broken. And I was like, huh? So it's interesting to hear another perspective where, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're like, well, shit, I didn't think about that aspect of it. And so that's what got me really thinking about, I would like to know more stuff. Like in the, so that episode and then the death in Oslo, mm-hmm. where the woman's in the hotel room. Right. Uh, I got irritated with that because I'm like, they're not really focusing on the fact that she got in that fucking hotel. Someone in that hotel must have just fucking let her in. And I, along with you, that was my least favorite just because they had so much. And what's ironic, I was, you know, before we recorded, I was looking up Terry Dunmurer, one of the original producers, writers or whatever. She was like, that's one of the ones that haunts her the most because Mm. unknown who she is, unknown how she died. And what people keep latching on to was the fact that they did require a credit card. Not only was it a hotel, you know, it was a very ritzy hotel. Right. And it's like, they did kept coming up or at least once or twice come up, was like knocking on the door, like, hi, we need that money. You know, we need the credit card. And then to throw them off or whatever, then they put the secondary registration of a lowest fare gate, which, you know, that's its whole other speculation. Mm -hmm. But so that's the big thing. So then there is a rumor or the thought that maybe she knew someone in the hotel or had an in and, you know, especially if she was this undercover agent or secret agent. I was disappointed in that because I thought I was going to be a lot more engrossed in it. And it just left a lot to be desired in what they presented. Well, and then once you realize that it could, she could just be like, um, like in this fucking CIA or, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. if she is either in some kind of government, because they kind of implied maybe she's a government agent Mm -hmm. that was like undercover. And so young though, too, but yeah. yeah. But, but my thought is right then, how are you going to find out? The government's not going to step in and say, oh yeah, we, uh, we put it there and we, you know, and so I'm, it almost feels like, well, why are we trying anymore? Because if that's the case, we're never going to find out. Well, then they brought in that consultant dude that says, this is, these are the earmarks for cutting the labels off the clothes Mm. and her doing this and this and this, those are earmarks of a phantom agent. And so he is, he's strong. So they, they kind of tried to bolster that, Mm -hmm. but I'm with you. That one just left me kind of like, Okay. It just, the one thing I do have to say that as you're talking about recreations, how you would have liked to see Ray, them recreate or try to have somebody go through or place there or whatever. They did try to recreate. They did have someone her yes. in, in the right. bed where they had the agent on top of her and trying mm-hmm. like, okay, she, she couldn't have shot herself, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I still was, a, there were some things that on that side, I found were good, but I don't know, that whole thing was really lacking. So yeah, that I, was my least, one of my least favorite ones. I do like how they do try to do some recreations because there's mm-hmm. the one where it's the lady in the lake when they're saying that this woman walked across snow and ice in mm-hmm. these four inch high heels and down this slope. 
Yes, the and mother so they, they, who right, they, so they, yeah, they say committed suicide in the river across from her New Jersey church where she went every Wednesday or every day or some shit. Mm. And they saw her butt prints apparently. And what's ironic is I just read that Terry Dunmure went there in the summer in tennis shoes and was trying to go down that embankment. She said, there's yeah. no way. There's no way that anybody could do that. It, now it's difficult for me, but a woman who was a larger woman in the and forget that just the fact but you know what I mean in the snow mm. and but the, my first thinking of when they showed that when I was watching it was okay anybody could do that to throw you off I could do that you know what I mean I could do that take and, and make it look like someone went in because then you're looking here and I've taken her over there yeah that's that's another thing where I kind of would like to, to see those pictures because if you if you're saying she walked across snow and then you see butt prints, where are the prints? Are there prints show, showing across the street, or did the prints just start? They start state? from what? So I how would they, they walk- started there? Right. Yeah. So that to me sounds mm-hmm. like what I mean. It's like I've automatically thought of um, The Shining when the little boy is hiding in the maze and he walks to a place and he brushes the snow behind him mm-hmm. and just walks back through the steps he had already taken to hide in a different direction. So mm-hmm. they'd almost, I mean, how did, but because the thing is someone had to walk that path, even if it wasn't her. So where are their footprints and where did they walk off to? I mean, mm-hmm. but I'm like you where it's like, yeah, they could have, anybody could have made that butt print and it could have been. You go because there the is, and then you, like d- yeah. Mm-hmm. A foot or two of water and it was icy and they're like, there's no fucking current. So she but the thing there. was, she was found in the water and that's what's weird, but it was what miles yeah, away? Yeah, like 35 miles. Yeah. And so they, the thing was, they think someone took her and dumped her body, whatever. But uh, yeah, so I had, a, I had the same kind of thoughts too. There's another aspect, which I understand that some of this is editing because you want to, you want to take it where, and in any case you have, okay, here, this, there's this thing that happened. We don't know anything about these people. So right off the bat, all you know is the surface stuff. And then as you go through the investigation, that's when you discover all the deeper things. And so, of course, that's how they're, the episodes evolved. Is they, oh, this family seemed like a good family on the surface. And then we start digging it by the end of the episode, you know some dirty details. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, uh, that's more or less, I guess, probably how it works. But what I think is funny is, is that in that specific episode, they're interviewing the daughter, right? The daughter's mm-hmm. right, the main person. And it's like towards the end of the episode when they're going through like who some of the suspects could be, the daughter's like, first I thought it could be my father. And mm-hmm. then, then I thought it Rolled could out. be her brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, then the third was, well, it could be my, her, the cousin. Right. Tim and the then she says... It's the third person mentioned. And she says, my mom said to me, if anything happens to me, look to Tim. Yes. Third person. Wait, that was the third person you mentioned? And they're still looking at him because he was an (laughs) ex-cop. And nothing's come about it. But, and his, but I thought as I, as I was watching that and they were interviewing her brother, he was sketchy. Mm. I was like, okay, he seems, he's saying that he loves her and he did. I was getting creep vibes and then they wouldn't. And then he it kind of has disappeared and then he ended up being indicted after that for some sketchy stuff and he even said in the when they brought it to him he's like well if someone did hurt her because of me i can't help it he's yes like, i was okay, gonna bring that up that's okay so if something happened to you i would be like i will never get over the fact that she was hurt because of something i was involved in he mm-hmm. just like pushed that right away and i was like okay that's fucked and, and they're yeah. still looking at this matute guy 
yeah. and I was kind of uh, I was kind of had mixed feelings about that because that was my initial response is is if someone died, if someone I loved died because possibly because of me, I I would be really upset. Right. But there are people who react differently. So sometimes I try to keep in mind, you know, maybe that is his defense because he can't let himself break down. So it's easier for him to deflect. But it does look creepy as fuck. It looks weird that he would yeah. take that approach. And on these is, kind of shows, I go with that. I go with that first mission. Yes, I know grief and stuff, but I go with my first gut on that because then something happens and evolves and it'll tell you if, you know what mm. I mean? Like, like on um, the older Unsolved Mysteries, I was watching one and it was like, you know, the husband, of course, they thought he did it, thought he did it. His, you know, some of his friends and his family, oh, there's no way. Then they did an update and froze on his picture from the nineties. And then he ended up, so this mm. wife was killed, right? This girlfriend that he, that she had broken up with him, he ended up shooting her and killing her, killing her boyfriend and then taking his own life. And it's like, say, and I was like, he just seems skeevy as hell. You know what I mean? Mm. Where sometimes you're like, I'm not sure. And then they're like, this person was ruled out, blah, blah, blah. But Mm. I mean, it can go the other way, obviously. But I try to go with my gut on Mm. that because it's like, this is go to, I don't know. I'm like, hmm, I want to be a little detective and say, oh, I felt (laughs) that right away. And another thing that I also have to remind myself is while I'm saying, well, in the editing, it says that like, first she mentions this and first she mentions, and they do show, and I don't know how, it looks like they actually took like the witness statement and highlighted it and, you know, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the actual statement or if they type something up to make it look like the statement. Mm-hmm. So it could be also that when this terrible thing happens to you, maybe things that would seem obvious aren't as obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was she didn't remember that her mom said that because she was like, oh, why would Tim hurt her? You know, why would she be, you know, maybe she didn't think of it until later when and then she's like, oh, shit, I can't believe I forgot that she told me that. So it could or be, you know, it, it was how it was prefaced by the people researching her. Maybe they said, who did you discuss with the police? Well, the first one you're always going to talk about is the mm-hmm. husband. And then the second, well, what about a, bro-? you know what I mean? And yeah. so, and then, so it could have come about by that. So I, I get what you're saying, but it, it is kind of odd. Where it's yeah. like, well, now that I think of it, but that's just how things can, ha- you know what I mean? How yeah. things can happen where you're, something keeps bothering you. You're thinking about it unconsciously. And then you're like, oh my God. God, that's right. Mm. This, this did happen, but you're so grief stricken. Other things are going on. Then you're like, how did I not remember that? Yeah. I think that one thing that I do like about it is it does show some of the, the challenges that are faced when with cops and authorities, when they're trying to figure mm-hmm. this stuff out. I think it's a pretty good balance of showing where maybe uh, shit went. Maybe they messed up. Mm-hmm. Well, just like with the um, the lady in the lake, they were mm-hmm. they were like, oh, she committed suicide. And that's pretty much like what they decided. And and you, you hear from several different places. I've heard in several different places. Uh, like, I think one was even like a guy who spoke at CrimeCon where he's like, what cops need to do is you walk into a scene and you you might make start making some assumptions. Mm-hmm. You need to be careful not to just stick to those assumptions. Mm-hmm. You know, you you may start to see if you open your mind, you may start to see things. And the thing that's hard to remember is humans get tired. Humans have bad days. And that mm-hmm. goes for cops, too. That goes for forensics people. And that's part of why it sucks, <laughs> you know. But you would think mm-hmm. if you have enough people, you know, you have a bunch of different people looking at it, mm-hmm. then that should help the problem. 
but at any rate, if you have several people looking at a scene and they just jump to a conclusion because whatever reason they're tired, they, it just looks like it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And then they don't do their um, due, diligence. due diligence. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what you see in some of these cases. What yeah. I found really interesting is that on the kids stolen episode mm-hmm. where you see this is in Harlem. And you see all the shit they go through to try to find these kids mm-hmm. and it blows your mind. And you, and the, I mean, your gut feeling is of course they're fucking kids and you realize, okay, it didn't really occur, occur to me at first. Cause I'm just like, well, of course they're looking for this kid. And then I got to thinking this is in this poor Harlem neighborhood. Mm-hmm. These are little black kids mm-hmm. and they're actually tearing down buildings. They literally yeah. tore down yep. buildings to find these kids. But, what about all of the black women in Detroit that were killed? Yeah. They didn't tear down buildings looking for them. Yeah. Because they were drug addicts or they were, you know, they were less than according they're to less than. And yeah. I'm, and I, you know, and I understand it, it. Children definitely is especially upsetting, but it's just interesting to me that if it would have been their mothers that went disappearing, they wouldn't have yeah. done anything. It's just life is a life, mm-hmm. you know, it's so yep. that's kind of like to see, to see that glaring, you know, it's like, it should be, yeah. you know, no matter what, what it is. And that's one thing that I mentioned, like Todd and I were talking about is that they may be, it, it may be easier to, to not move forward with Ray Rivera and not get too caught up in it or to move forward with the lady in the lake, because ultimately they have so many other things to look at. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a high profile thing. It's not like Lindbergh's baby. That got kidnapped. But you know, the you good know, thing or, about cases, cases like this and unsolved mysteries and, and podcasts, I like to say, they keep it, you know, we help keep it in the limelight. They have people coming to them and set, you know, I'm giving tips and, and putting pressure on them, even if it's for a certain amount of time, but then they, you know, they more and more people watching on Netflix and then there's more and more inquiries. So I get what you're saying, but I still, I guess I'm just the eternal optimist to think that maybe, I mean, it keeps, at least keeps the pressure. And if they don't, they can at least say, look, this is still being investigated. I don't know. It kind of makes me feel better. Yeah. And I, no, I agree. I do think that anything that we can do to try to make things better, let's, let's do that. It's just there. It just shows the systemic problems in our stru- uh, structures in our, um, yeah. you know, like the police structure. And honestly, like I think, and not to get, we don't have to go f- too far down this path because it's a whole thing, but cops are spread so thin and, mm-hmm they're expected to do too much. Like, I think that there needs to be like, you know, it would make sense, maybe have somebody else deal with, maybe have a unit that just deals with domestic disturbances. Maybe just have, right. you know, they have to do fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And and then you have hundreds of cases and you're expected to figure out every case, but you only have so many hours in a week and you only have so much money and, and they only be, have so much. And they'll be put on something exclusively and then something else happens and they have to tell the family, I'm off this, or this has been, we've had another murder and now that's my top road. And it's like, they can't. Yeah. So it's just the system. It, it just, it needs tweaked. I mean, obviously I know we've mm-hmm. had a, I mean, an overhaul over the definitely. Yes. Yeah. Regardless of what you think of police in general, uh, the system, it just, it needs, it needs more, some TLC. It needs some more yeah. attention paid. And I'm not going to pretend that I know all the answers, but I think that it's good that we keep trying to look at it. And we need to keep looking at it. It is nice to see that we have things like this where we are reminding people. I have mixed feelings about, because I admit when I'm reading about like these um, task forces and they're like, we don't have 
enough people to cover phones. Like they'll get hundreds of tips a day or maybe mm-hmm. thousands. Right. And the thing is, part of me is like, oh, I'd fucking volunteer. But right. you can't just necessarily have just anybody walk in and do that. But right. there's part of me that thinks, well, can there be like, um, can there be a program where you get trained for that? And then and there might you know, and it and could there be might volunteer be or something. Yeah. There yeah. Might, and, I don't and, know. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing where like, if I would volunteer for that, like, hey, I'll give you a few hours of my week to yeah. help out with a, and if you have to have a sp- special training class or get certification, I'm sure, I mean, think of all the people out there. I mean, there are hundreds of people at CrimeCon. And they let a lot of people do, or they used to do the ride-alongs. I don't know what they right. do anymore. And then they have, you know, volunteer police chaplains, like daddy used to yeah. be and stuff like that. So there's got to be something. Well, yes. you're, you're delving way into it, girl. I, I got the, I got all kinds of other stuff and you're really oh, getting okay. into it. Well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we can. Um, no, that's okay. It's just, I was like, damn, she, she got political yeah. and shit. And, well, and that's the thing is, is that's what, and what made me really think harder about it is is when uh, I was on that nerd pub nerd podcast radio mm-hmm. and we mentioned like they mentioned how um like copaganda and true if cr- true crime shows actually are good for good good or bad or how they mm-hmm. d- accurately depict what's going on and and that idea and then I happened upon an article today that said like our shows like unsolved mysteries helpful or hurtful and so it just hmm. kind of got me thinking, but yeah, and I think it's it's a it's kind of it may be a little bit of both. I think right, they're, I can, they're, yeah, their heads mm-hmm. are in the right place, their hearts are in the right place, right? You know, and I think they are. And and honestly, by them showing the family element and saying this is this is what hurts me, and, and this this affected this whole community, this affected this whole family. This is that pulls you in more, so you want to try to help. And whereas if you just have all these facts, then maybe the researcher in you, maybe it's, I think they're trying to appeal to a bunch of different people, you know, right. so let's appeal to people who their hearts and then let's appeal to people with their heads or, you so know, and a little bit of right. everything. And it's like, what's the candy kid author's name? Why did I just forget? Glenn Stout. There we go. So when we interviewed Glenn, it's like, he said, it got, it gets to the point where it's almost like it's victim voyeurism. I don't think that's his wording, but that's what popped in my head where you're just, oh, this is a victim. This is their life. This is their, and to the point of, it's just like porn, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Where it's almost so you take such an intense look. It's like you're tearing them down instead of helping them. Mm. So that I can see is the, the downside, of course, intrusive armchair detectives, that can be another one where they dox each other and put side by sides and all the stuff you're not supposed to do when you're trying to help, you know, investigate something. So, I mean, I do, I can see that. Yeah. And I get also how armchair detectives can, or what do they, what do they call them now? Are they web sleuths? I don't know. Yeah. Uh It's that thing where you may think you're helping, but you're not. And you may not know as much as you think, you know, it's, it can be where you might get in the way as if you're, you know, digging in and it depends on how you're handling it. I can understand why like police force and detectives and stuff might be a little leery. It's like, uh, it reminds me of only murders in the building. Yep. And they're snooping around and they go up to the cop and the cop's like, oh my God, you fucking podcasters. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I'm sure that that's, and I understand. And it was completely like in the. And the mm-hmm. latest season of Dexter, she's like, well, I want to dig into this. And, and the detect- you know, the cop is like, well, I don't think that's a good idea. But then, you know, so then it becomes like, is it helpful or hurtful? And it, it may be that it depends on each case. The other thing that we have to think of, cops have limited time and resources. So if you have people who in their free time for free are mm-hmm. willing to take hours and dig into stuff, yeah. they may not have the access that cops have, but they may have 
more access than we would expect right to find things and look at billy jensen he ended he started out just doing using social media making facebook pages using twitter um i think initially it was facebook and he found a murderer mm-hmm. you know and then he started getting credibility and now he's working with fucking paul my boyfriend holes <laughs> and writing any any collaborated with michelle mcnamara and finished writing her book when she passed and he's written mm. his own book on being a, a web sleuth come um, come chase darkness with me and mm. so he shows that you can i mean he start he was started out as an investigative journalist mm. but you know he he kind of he shied away from that after it was like they were they were kind of pushing him into being well they just found out their daughter died go go get the scoop from them and it's like yeah i'm not doing that i don't want to do that i mean so it can happen and it can show if you really are diligent and you have that and those researching expertise you really can make a difference yeah and that's one of the things that again in this time period that of, you know, everyone's on YouTube, everyone's a YouTube star or is trying to be where you have the oversaturation of people and information and misinformation. Mm. And so it's a really interesting time where you've got all this shit, but then you've got some, some gold in there, you know, you've got some gems in the shit. So you, you just need to wade through and, and I think it, it's just like anything where as we move further along, where we see how things fall and, and how we see like, how are the, how is the shit going to be weeded out? You know, like mm-hmm. how are you, how is everything going to pan out? But, and it's, it's especially where this is the one thing that I, I try to do with our podcast is I try to discourage the, um, oh, and I went to say it in the last episode and I forgot. I was trying to think of a term for people who just forward headlines on Facebook. You know, they like forward mm-hmm. headlines. Mm-hmm. And they, they just say, I just read the headline, post it on Facebook. And they're like, oh, look at this headline. They don't read the story. They don't check the sources. They basically mm-hmm. just, and I asked Brent, because he's all up on everything. I'm like, is there a term for people like that? Because I'm surprised there's not a term. And he looked it up and we couldn't think of anything. So he came up with the term share baiters. And I like it. So we have a society full of share baiters now. Mm-hmm. and they don't read anything for themselves they don't research right. anything everything right. emotional and that's mm-hmm. and I okay I'm not going to go down that path I was going to be like and okay. that's how you get because you know, I've got I've got some gold. good I thought I would hit some classic ones because okay. I can yes. see you're fired up and yeah. I love you and I yes, love that about uh, you let's just but move on to uh I'm gonna jump I'm gonna yes I'm gonna throw out some originals that I that I thought were intriguing and says so that okay yeah, no, go ahead and do that. It's okay. It's Cause I, you're, woo, it's going to be a while. You're fired up girl. Okay. Well, I won't, I won't do that. Not, I don't get into real detail. I just kind of tell them. So sure. the one I was watching was about, I wanted to talk about this dude, Brian Ducart. Okay. He was, I even have an article about it, oh. but cause I, cause I looked it up and this guy, he was at this airport in Paducah. Let's say this Paducah. Isn't that Kentucky? Did I make there that up? There you go. Probably. Anyway, so he's in Kentucky and he's at this airport and he's got in this leather jacket and it's a small, tiny, like municipal airport. And it's a, re- it's the Barkley Regional Airport. He's like talking to the few people that work there and like, Hey, I'll give you my leather jacket for a ride to like the mid, uh, not the Midwest, but out West or something. And they're like, 
dude, we can't, you can't do that. So, so finally, you know, he goes away and one of the maintenance dudes that had, he had tried to give his coat to for a ride, saw him walking. And he said, that was just, it was just strange. So he kind of slowed down. Next thing you know, he saw him take, he saw him take off, jump the fence. So he's calling the security dudes coming on the tarmac, you know, watch out for him. Next thing they know within 30 minutes. So a a plane takes off Mm. the people that live around there. They're like, they would kind of watch to take off. It was in the morning, like at nine or something. Mm-hmm. Next thing they saw something falling mm-hmm. off the plane. Oh yeah. I just saw and this it one was the other day. him and it was him, but they didn't know who he was. Mm. So the, uh, front Mc- McCracken County coroner, he spends all this time, all these years trying to find out who he was, who he was. They put it on the news. Nobody, they couldn't find him every year. This coroner would go to his gravesite and put a wreath. Well, it was at one of these, like decades later, that the news, and he would kind of do it to try it also. So he may reach out to local news. I'm going out again with, you know, for the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Someone finally read it and looked in and found out. And it even, of course, on 92, it appeared on the episode of Unsolved Mysteries. It wasn't until 98 that somebody reached out and said, Hey, I know who that is. It ended up being this marathon runner named Brian Ducart of Ducar, D-U-E-C-K-E-R. And he was schizophrenic mm. and he had just been talking to people about uh, taking a trip. He just wanted to get away. And then that was it. He decided to go west to go mountain climbing, but um, mm. he left behind a will in his apartment. He was only 34, Mm. but they finally found out who he was. But I mean, when they show, and of course they show some actor or stunt person, but then just to see him falling, Mm. then they show the actor with the old arm behind the the family guy fall, like family guy. Yeah. But they entangled in the fence. Oh my God. It was just like, oh my God. And Mm. it was just, and they're like, no one will ever know what made him jump on the mm. wing of the plane. I thought he was going to try to, you know, like stow away mm. in the cargo, th- but this plane was too small. So he just jumped on the wing and they're like how he thought he could hold on, let alone hold on for a whole, you know, for hours of a trip mm. is ridiculous. It's just so sad. But that was one of the ones that I saw is like, that's crazy. Mm. So I had to look it up. Then there was the one, have you heard about the, are you familiar with Lois Duncan, the author? Um, I'm not sure. She I wrote, so. um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which the movie oh. is based on. Okay. And she wrote a lot of books in the 70s, 80s until this happened. So hmm. this is called Who Killed Caitlin, season five, episode 15. And her daughter, Caitlin Arquette, she thinks was the victim of a hit. Caitlin was driving. Someone randomly shot her. So Lois got to looking about it. And of course they thought it, the police said it was just a random act of violence. Lois didn't believe it. So they started researching it, got uh, private investigators, found out that now Caitlin had just was, this was the year after she graduated high school. She, she was like 19 and her boyfriend had got her into a fraud, like a scam, a car hit and run kind of thing where he would hit someone, the people he would know or have paid off the people that he hit. And they all would get treatment from a chiropractor. I've seen this when I was an adjuster PS. And mm. then they would, it was big in Kentucky. And they would oh. all get treatment and then that they didn't need, or they would at least show up, sign papers. And the, it was a whole thing between the, the 
the facility, them, and in this case, also the person that was writing the reporting it to the insurance. So it was a whole thing. So she thinks that maybe she was going to, because she was about to break up with her boyfriend, she thinks that she was targeted. Well, I find out, and there was a Rolling Stone article Hmm. that said, that's from just last year, August of last year, that says this dude confessed to killing her. He had actually, he, it was just random. He was just out. He decided that he was going to kill her. And she was the second of three mm. that he killed in a short time frame. He stabbed a 21 uh, year old college student. Then he kills Caitlin. He shoots her and then he killed someone else. But his name is, his last name is Apodaca, which sounds mm. like, uh, like something you say when you're, you hit your elbow, Apodaca. Yeah. But whenever I see mm. a Rolling Stone article, I'm like, something's legit. Mm. So, um, but what makes me really sad about that is not only did she die so young, but Lois, she died in 2016, never knowing oh. that. Yeah. Never having any type of closure. And she stopped mm. writing after that 2013. Mm. She came out with a book, 1992. She came out with a book about her, their experience with that murder called who killed my daughter, but mm. she stopped writing, man. That reminds me of a one where, and I, I can't think of the name of the woman. I believe it was in the eighties and she was, um, she was a musician in this band and all oh, of Zapata. Sudden, yes. Yes. That. Yeah. Um, yeah she, I can't remember her last name Zapata where she was. And that was solved though. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that's what I was getting to is that she was killed and people were like, well, who did this? Why would they do this? And it turns out it was just some guy. It was random. Completely. And um, Joan Jett had done a benefit for her band. Right. Yes. Uh, Mia. Mia's a Mia. Yeah. He gets, um, it was just last year that a man got convicted of murdering Gits. It was at the Gits singer. That's so it. the Gits was an up and coming band in Seattle and she was raped and murdered one night in Seattle. And just May 23rd, Jose Mesquia, he was convicted. Yep. So that's, that's a case where it is nice that they have an update, but it's just like, God, you know, like when it's just a random, it's still like, yes, just so yes, completely wasteful. There's just a couple more I wanted to go over before we end. Then did you, did you see the one about the Munchausen man? No. So this dude, I don't think this overweight dude would show up, showed up at a hospital and was like, hey, you know, I hurt my knee doing this or that, doing some home improvement or something, he would say. And they would always, you know, he would always ask for meds or it would always lead to him getting some kind of narcotic. Mm. Well, one thing led to another. One of the doctors was like, okay, something's off about this dude. He started looking and no, it was he died. He died. And they started looking into finding out who he was because it was just like the name that he left and the information didn't, the address, nothing led back to a real person. Hmm. They ended up tracking it down to other hospitals and finding out that he had, he would hurt himself, go to get narcotics. And this, he did this for like eight years. He lived like this and how he lived off of it. He would say he was going to sue the hospital for how, when they'd kick him out because he'd leave without paying. Uh-huh. Cause he didn't have insurance. He would leave without paying. So he'd say, I'm suing you. And he would convince the attorney that he was going to get, he was going to hire them and they would loan him money. 
And then he would flee town, do it again until he had a heart attack. Huh. And they think that he looked a lot older than he was because he put on so much weight, probably because he was mm. living, you know, laying down in a hospital, not, you know, mm. um, but he all, it, they, so they called him Munchausen man because they think what prompted him to do this is because he did like the attention. Mm-hmm. So he would hurt himself, not Munchausen mm. by proxy, but mm-hmm. he would do it to himself and it led to his, uh, his eventual death. Wow. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Mm-hmm. Shit. Then one Martha Doe Roberts. And I liked it because her name was they, she went by Doe. No. Ramey. 1992 in Tennessee, she was kidnapped. And her husband was at first thought that they were like, of course, the husband did it. Yeah, but so he was really under the radar. And then these calls kept coming about uh, a ransom. And he was like, look, dude, I will give you anything. If you, if you give her back to me, I'll give you 140,000, which they wanted. And then, but if you just tell me where she, her body is, I'll give you 50,000. I mean, he was like, look, I don't care. I have to have her one way or, you know, another. And it ended up, they did an update at the end and it was her, the neighbor, the neighbor fucking took her, raped mm-hmm. her, killed her mm-hmm. and buried her at the end of his driveway, mm-hmm. which was right next to where her husband was, obviously. Mm. Yeah. That's, that one sounds really familiar. It just was uh, like, you know, they, cause yeah. they, you know how they do, they like really mm-hmm. focus on, they interview the husband and he's like yeah. adamant and stuff. And then, and mm. he was almost crying. So I really believed him. Mm. And then yeah, wow. do you have anyone before I go over my last one, which is our Iceman? Oh, go ahead and go over the Iceman. I actually, after that, I just want to talk real fast about some of my favorites from the new series. Oh, sure. And uh, so go ahead. So season seven, episode one is special to V and I because we have a connection with Iceman because of when we went to Crime Con last year, we went to the Museum of the Weird where the Iceman is now housed. And I have here that the Iceman is a cryptozoologist wet dream. In Scientific American, again, I was surprised to have found this there. It wasn't in like the uh, National Enquirer. V, how would you describe the, uh, the display that we saw as the Iceman? It was entertaining. Did you feel like it was a real human-like hominid or <laughs> not so much? Uh, no. No, I'm pretty sure it was like a replica. It was a replica or whatever. Well, and I sent you the article because, and there was a pic on the picture of the book that they have that say it was in French by Bernard Huvelman's, I think it's Neanderthal, the strange saga of a Minnesota Iceman. So basically what it is, was they, this sideshow dude was going around saying that he had the missing link reported. And so they got a few people to believe it. Some cryptozoologists, some primatologists, people that have ologists at their last, you know, part of their title. And so it sounds like they're real schooled and stuff. So they believe that was a real frozen missing link. One person even said that there was a crack in the ice when he was viewing it and smelled decaying flesh. Well, I'm sure that a latex fur thing would still not smell great when it was, you know, unthawing or whatever. So the guy, according and going back to the Unsolved Mysteries thing, the guy in the Unsolved Mysteries, this display person, um, because it got so much attention the police in that area went to see him and said, look, if this is a real person, like people are saying, we need to find out how he got dead. And I think and how, that's and how you got line. him. Right. Yeah. How did yeah. you get him? How did he get dead? We need to look into you care if we come tomorrow with like basically a coroner. 
He's like, sure. Well, he absconds with the thing. Mm. Then lays low for a couple years, ends up, they said, taking a, a, fo- a fake around and doing it again. And so when he gets caught, they're like, he's like, well, this isn't the real one. The real one is so- somewhere. And supposedly V&I saw what he was report- purported to be the real one. And all I can say is it... <laughs> It looks real fake to me. I was, I really was like waiting to see the real one that they were. And I was just like, this is it. We remember we stood there like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's, oh, this is it. Cause the, the quote unquote ice just looks like plastic or something, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. When you say, I mean, it's just like real. Well, I don't remember feeling any cold either. I think usually if you're standing next to a freezer or something, it feels, you know, but right. And with a glass top, you know. Right. So I was looking through this and they talk about who has it. And and there's a picture in, there's a different looking picture that looks, I don't know, a little closer to like it wasn't, didn't have as much ice on it or as much stuff around it in the article. But definitely what we saw is just, it was fake. Mm. I, I just couldn't believe that. But they talk about how it passed from this person to this person until it reached the Museum of the Weird by, and I'm trying to look through the article to see the name of the dude that owns the, oh, by Steve Busti, B-U-S-T-I, at the Museum of the Weird in Austin, Texas. And it says, and certainly looks identical to the specimen discussed and illustrated by, you know, the people that wrote that book. Yeah, it's one of those things where the Museum of the Weird is you would expect some things to be, to look like they're fakes or to look like whatever, you know, so... I still thought it was really fun. And so even if if the stuff is an original stuff, I still think it's fun to look at and to see the kind of things that oh, yeah. they used to have in places like that and freak shows and shit like that. I had I'd forgotten that when you go into the room that they're playing the Unsolved Mysteries Yep, about it. That's right. Yeah, they were playing that episode on Unsolved Mysteries. And then they have like a little display in there that you can look up. Um, it, it has different things about Bigfoot and like um, Grassman and all this different, mm-hmm. you know, Bigfoot stuff. So that was, you know, that was kind of fun. I, I looked at that exhibit for a little bit and then was, moved but, on to the Wax Museum. Yeah, the Wax Museum was definitely the reason to go to that thing. But that was, uh, yeah, that was definitely uh, interesting. So when we were talking about Unsolved Mysteries, I was like, I've got to find that one. And I did finally. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, so I had to look up a little bit o- about it, obviously. But it was, it was real fun, even though you, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to me. Mm. It's still fun. I've always, I don't know. I'm just, I've always been a, a Yeti Bigfoot kind of gal. And this Minnesota Iceman thing is, it was just, it was just kind of fun. And mm-hmm. the fact that it ended up there was even better. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I'm uh, yeah. I'm glad that you brought that one up. So real fast. I really specifically, well, the mystery on the rooftop obviously was, was really compelling. From the Netflix Unsolved. I'm sorry, right? from the Netflix Unsolved okay. Mysteries, the new ones. In season one, 13 minutes, I thought was really interesting too, mm-hmm. where it's the woman who owns a hair salon. Right. And she all of a sudden just like disappears. And it's another case where her husband is really fucking weird. Yes. And he makes a point to say that he has like a, a doctor, no, um, a degree in criminology. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, oh. And hmm. you're still talking very yeah. weird. And he's like, oh, we never fought because fighting doesn't make any sense. And then everyone else around them is like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, they like he was jealous. He was protective. He was a dick. And was and he the one that slept with her? He was the one who remains? slept with her ashes. Yeah. With yeah. Her and yeah. he did a thing where he didn't get along with a stepson pistol. Oh, so yeah. He this locks broke him, my heart. 
he, he the sick this kid i think he was 16 his mm-hmm. mom disappears mm-hmm. this fucking stepdad locks the house up with all of his stuff in it and won't let the kid in he just lost his mom basically and i mean he's just He's just a fucking big douchebag dickhead. Wouldn't let, yeah. I mean, he kept the remain, wouldn't give him any of her stuff, give right. him access to picture. I mean, it was just, I mean, he's a dick. Yeah, and he's he's shady. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he did order some kind of hit or something because mm-hmm. he was a jealous motherfucker. But that one's really interesting because literally it was like they have 13 minute window or mm, what the fuck happened. It. Yeah. Yeah. The House of Terror, I actually just watched that one today because it's one with the subtitles. And usually I'm kind of doing stuff while I'm watching. Oh, the one in French with the family the, annihilator. French. Yeah. Yes. So it's the um, an aristocrat and his, ty- his entire family disappear. That and is they get looking. very, oh. Yeah, okay. that one, um, I, I don't really want to give anything away in case you haven't. Yeah, it's you know, a good watched one. It. But that's, yeah. that one's really good. And that one's really interesting. And the thing is, is it is worth it to pay attention and it does keep your attention. I mean, cause I have like ADD, so it's hard for me just to sit there and watch the screen, but it was totally worth it for that one. That one's really interesting specifically. I think missing witness was pretty interesting too, where they uh, think this, the mother killed the stepfather. And then the girl who said that she knows it happened disappears. Yes. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty, uh, that one I thought was pretty interesting. That she would do away with her own daughter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was. And uh, she raised the grandchild that she was really possessive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, that one's a thing. Washington Insider Murder was pretty interesting. Oh, that, that was creepy watching the surveillance. Yeah. Oh, my and God. I wonder. Yeah. I Because they mentioned he had. Did he have bipolar? I think so. Yeah. He had something. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like that maybe he just snapped. And that's why they showed him but wandering around. But it's Terry still- Dunmuir was saying that she thinks it was murder because mm-hmm. of all not only his position, but the fact that he was so beaten up. Yes. And a and even though he was thrown in a dumpster, a dumpster just can't beat you up. Yeah, it'll do all the horrible things to your bones that he had done. But he was beaten up. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm not saying that that it was his behavior that caused the death or anything. I'm saying that oh right. That I'm wondering, yeah, if that he did have some kind of disconnection at the time of that all this was happening. Because that video, the surveillance of him mm-hmm. walking with one shoe and the other in his hand or something, and then uh, right. him just walking around in a basement. I mean, he had access to money. He could just have taken a cab. Yeah, it just it's just so that one is just really freaky. It really is. Yeah, that one, that one kind of got to me. And then the last one that really stood out to me was the lady in the lake. I thought that one was, was really interesting how, you know, they think that she just walked into that fucking water and, but then you start hearing they divulge other stuff and, you know, I don't remember that much. I'll have to to watch that one again. Yeah. I think I just watched that one yesterday. So that one's still pretty fresh in my mind, but it's just like when you, you have these people who are like, for the most part, most of these are just like your average person. Yeah. And like Ray Rivera and I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember the lady in the lake, her name, but I'll she was just up. like so, a woman who went to church and cooked and shit, you oh, know? Yes. Oh yeah. Um, That's the one we were talking so, about with that, the one in, in New Jersey that. Right. And so what did they happen upon? What could they have happened upon that was, it's just one of those things where you're like, fuck, you know, what did they happen upon that? And and they do have some theories that they bring up in the show, but it's just, it's a pretty, uh, pretty fucked up. But I think those specific episodes were my favorites to watch. And I will have to watch the Tsunami Spirits one since apparently that was your favorite one. So I will watch that one. That's the that, only one I haven't seen. That was my favorite. That and Ray Rivera was my favorite of the first, of the first, I think that was in the, just the first. Uh, Tsunami's in the second one. 
The second, okay, well, maybe, because there's what, a total of eight or something? I don't know. I watched them all. Her name is Matuk. Yeah, Matuk Romaine. Joanne Matuk Romaine. I figured it had Matuk in there, but she started going by Matuk because she was getting a divorce or had a divorce from her husband, whose last name is obviously Romaine, not spelled like the lettuce. Gross Point, Michigan. Why am I thinking? Why am I thinking New Jersey? I don't know. I was thinking about. Yeah, no, I was thinking that too. Huh. Anyway, Michigan. I don't know. I think we covered shit and I'm tired. Yeah. yeah and I'm with you. I, you know, I got all fired up and now I need to go take a nap after yeah. Todd made us that really a uh, big lunch. So yeah. I got to go. And then you got to, yeah, and you got to have a, yeah. you're getting ready for your big old dinner. So in a, in a few hours. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, go ahead. And I don't know why I said those words. Uh. <laughs> Did you want to do your ending? I don't know. Um, yeah. I'll do my ending. <laughs> you're like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything. Um, so I'll do an ending and and then we'll go away. Okay. Thank you for joining us. As always, keep track of our Facebook page and all that stuff. We'll post things on CrimeCon and we have all kinds of stuff coming up. As always, thank you for entering the lab with CrimeKeeper. <laughs> if you enjoy the experience and experiments of Murder Lab, go to Facebook, Instagram, and MurderLabMedia.com for updates. Share with your friends, those you created in a lab or not, as long as they can subscribe and listen, we'll take it. Murder Lab is available on Google Play and iTunes. The RSS feed is on MurderLabMedia.com for you to plug into your podcast app. We can always use more lab rats. fucking shit okay i've seen that uh fuck what the fuck is that show called all i can think of is crime keeper now what the fuck is that show you should my penis lost an eye